You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly. Has Watson! He's got it! On his feet and he's in that might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career from Christian Watson. You can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a text message to 865-658-5824. We're going to do a Chalk Talk segment, uh, part two of Jaden Reed today. And uh, I just want to read off a few messages that we received from listeners. These have been sitting for a couple of days, and, and obviously – you record a podcast, and as soon as you're done, you get a couple text messages and feel bad about not <laughs> having seen them before you went live. So um, let's just dive into those real quick. We got one from Emilio um, down in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. Appreciate you listening to the show, brother. He said, I love box interview. Loads of good points. Loved his, quote, expect- expectations set limitations line. But I think he's loving and has faith in this team to do something big. Same with Christian Watson's interview. The team really is coming together in the OTAs. The team still compares well to remember the Titans, like OTAs or the camp they stay at uh, for two-a-days. I'm just so excited for the for the season. Appreciate your time, man. I responded, and then, of course, he said um, – Let's see here. Yeah, he said, uh, yes, exactly. The fan base, uh, the fan base, the negative fans in the fan base are acting like the people boycotting the Remember the Titans men going to the same school. I thought that was a really uh, a really cool comparison. You know, obviously some people look at it as an extreme comparison. You know, we try not to take, you know, try not to take things too serious on this podcast is we're not talking about football being life and death. And if somebody draws a comparison saying they're going to war with each other or together, um, you know, I never go, Oh, you don't understand what war is. Like we don't listen. It's a figure of speech. Right. But he says, let them go through the ups and downs and make those moments to bond, to come together, uh, learn uh, about every teammate's likes and dislikes. Let them walk into the school. Let them walk down the hallways together, run into bullies, putting putting other teammates down. It's different when teams come together like that. Rome wasn't built in a day and without a few broken blocks. I completely agree, Emilio, and it does feel like, man, I actually tweeted this out earlier today, kind of feels like it's, it's the Packers against the world. You know, Romeo Dobbs, I, we knew that his comment was going to catch a lot of scrutiny, right? when he basically said it's not going to be any different than Aaron Rodgers. And and I think what Romeo Dobbs was saying is, you know, we're in practice and everything. It, it doesn't feel much different than Aaron Rodgers. What does he mean by that? You know, last year, Rodgers wasn't at OTAs, obviously. People have talked about that 
ad nauseum. Um, and, and you guys know my take on it. I don't think it was as big a deal as some made it out to be. And then there's others that act like practice doesn't matter at all. Most of the time, the truth, the realistic aspect of any topic you're talking about kind of falls right there in the middle. But, uh, just pointing out how this team is gelling together and, and Romeo Dobbs basically going to bat for love. Love, he, love has already won Romeo Dobbs over, right? Jordan Love, not Love itself. I'm not saying he's in love. He may be, I don't know. But <laughs> Jordan Love's already won that kid over, right? And you could tell this team's rallying around Jordan the same way the team rallied around Aaron when he was young and they were battling the whole league thinking they're stupid for getting rid of Brett Favre, right? So um, it's just a really cool dynamic that's going on with the club right now. And I think Emilio hit the nail on the head, man. Let's, as a fan base, back up a little bit. Let's stop trying to scrutinize everything that Jordan Love does. Let's let's stop talking about Aaron Rodgers and every little thing he does. And, and let's remove all the negative aspects, and let's let these guys rally around each other, right? And let's encourage them as much as we can. It's one of the youngest teams in the league. There was some kind of crazy stat that I heard talked about, and I don't want to botch it completely, but I think it was like 60, 67%, maybe 64% of the roster have only been in the league for one year. Something something crazy like that. I was like, holy cow, they're one of the youngest teams in the history of the Packers. So let's let them grow together, man. Let's let them get better, you know. Um, we got another message come in. This is from an anonymous user. Um, I didn't ask for a name. I don't like to kind of put people on the spot there if they want to share their name. And when you when you hear this read, whoever sent this in, if you want to share your name, uh, just shoot me a text message back, and I'll I'll save you in the contact list here for the, uh, the text line. And, um, yeah, but they said, thank you so much. Um, have you ever thought – about doing a video or podcast series for football newbies. I've been a longtime Packer fan, but am brand new to terms like nickel, dime, under center, etc. Despite a lot of research online, I haven't found many high-quality teaching videos with playbacks and slow-motion explanation of real plays, positions, and strategies. And you, Clayton, would be the best teacher. Um, of all the PackerNet podcast hosts, I find your explanations to be the clearest and most helpful and enjoyable to listen to. Well, I'll tell you the reason they're the clearest is because I speak – I speak English at about a third grade level, right? It's like talking to your kid. It's, it's probably easier to understand your your child that's, uh, you know, nine years old, 10 years old than it is listening to some of our other hosts who are way more educated than I am, or as I say, educated. Um, but I really appreciate the kind words. It's kind of what we're doing with Chalk Talk. You guys will hear me slow down at times and go, hey, look, just in case someone doesn't understand this, this is what it means. Uh, so we can kind of learn and grow together. And guys, I'm not an expert on this by no means. And I, like I said, I appreciate the kind words, whoever you are. If you want to share your name, just text me back. Um, <clears throat> but it, what I try to do is watch the game as a fan, but try to look at it through the lens of the team. Right. What are they trying to accomplish? What are they working on in camp? All these things, it all matters. It all comes into play with why a play was uh, was designed and more importantly, why a play was called in a certain situation. It's easy to just go, why the heck didn't they run the ball there? But then when you look at the matchup and understand what they're doing, you know, like Dusty Evely breaks down very, very well with RPOs, you know, the hat count, the pre-snap hat count and what goes into throwing the ball inside the five as opposed to running it. You know, it, it's easy to look back and go, man, they should have ran it there. But I remember multiple times where they ran it three times in a row inside the five. And guess what fans were saying? Why didn't we throw at least one time? <laughs> so you're never going to find that that perfect balance when it comes to the play calling. But again, along the way, what we want to do is help people understand that. So, the, whoever that caller or whoever that listener was that texted me, just send a message asking questions, and I'll answer them over the air. That way we're not hitting on stuff that, that the listeners don't want to hear. And uh, at the same time, you know, it, it'll help you along the way or anyone else who has questions. I'm not above it. And here's the thing. There's going to be questions that are asked that I don't even understand. Right? I don't even know how to answer. But 
along the way, we'll learn together. We'll find that answer, right, whether I have it or not. Um, so just want to kind of put that out there. All right, let's do this. Let's get into the Chalk Talk segment now. Um, and, and I apologize, just disregard the barcode on the screen. It's something we got to do. We got people asking how to support the show. It's there if you want to support, but there's no pressure in any regard. Again, anything that's uh, donated to the channel will go towards, um, you know, uh, equipment and things that we need in that matter. So we want this this whole project to fund itself. That's the end goal. And then, uh, yeah, if it gets bigger than that, awesome. If it don't, we got to meet some really awesome people along the way, and we're all learning football together and doing it through the uh, the Packers lens. So let's get right into the Chalk Talk segment. All right, on the last one, let's just do a quick little recap. You know, when we talked about Jaden Reed on part one, there's a lot of things. And I want to say thank you to everyone listening to the pod. This is in podcast form as well. We're going to do our best to explain everything uh, from the visual side and kind of, uh, you know, adapt that into the audio so you guys can understand uh, what's what what we're coming away with, with Jaden Reed, what's his strengths, you know, um, how do we think he'll be deployed within the offense, that type of thing. But in the first episode, what we found was, you know, a lot of people are saying he's going to play slot. He's going to play slot. We found in the first video outside of the special teams plays, he played the Z position five times and he was in the X once no slot positions at all. Okay. So, in this segment, you're going to find some slot snaps. But I just wanted to point out, man, he plays outside quite a bit. He actually plays outside more than he plays a slot, at least on the small sample size I've seen. And I imagine it would reflect the overall status as far as where he lines up, what position. Now, some of you guys are going, just like the listeners probably going, I don't know what Z means. I don't know what X means. I'm going to give you a very vague description of what these positions mean. So you'll have you'll kind of have a little bit a little bit better understanding. Understand there are some organizations, some teams that fudge these positions positions quite a bit okay and it's not like everything's set in stone this is definitely the x this is definitely the z they'll do some manipulation pre-snap to move people over some people will call that a z motion and they would end up in the slot others would just go ahead and call it slot motion just because that's where the player is going to end up and and other people might take into consideration the y the tight end being off the line of scrimmage uh, triggering an F position. Therefore, the Y is in a different spot. There's a lot of loose ends when it comes to that. I'm strictly going off of West Coast terminology and things that I've heard over the years uh, from people that I trust. Okay, It doesn't mean it's 100% correct, but just understand there's a little bit of a blurred line there, and that's okay. But again, to describe that to you guys, X, the X receiver, they're typically on the line of scrimmage. Okay, they got to be up on the line of scrimmage, and they're opposite the tight end slash slot, okay, in some cases. If the tight end is flex, they'll be opposite the tight end. Now, with the Z position, they're typically off the line of scrimmage, but not always, and they're opposite the X, okay? So you identify the X, they're opposite the tight end, they're on the line of scrimmage. That means the other one's got to be the Z, and the Z is typically off. Now, there's some cases where they will take the, the tight end off the line of scrimmage and put the Z on the line of scrimmage. That doesn't mean they're no longer the Z, right? It's just that's where the, the lines get a little bit blurry. And then, of course, the slot is typically between the X receiver and the tap tackle. That doesn't mean he can't be between the Z and the tackle, but typically they're between the X receiver and the tackle. Okay, hopefully that kind of clears that up a little bit. Let's jump into the first play here, though. This is uh, Michigan State's tape, Jaden Reed. Okay, this is in the third quarter, 631 left, first and 10 play. They're leading 10 to nothing, or I'm sorry, 10 to nine. Okay, so this is Michigan State against Indiana. And uh, basically, what I want you to key in on is the type of play and where Jaden is. Jaden's going to be in the X. Okay, and they're running a 12 ace X motion tight play action boot, flat seven. All right, 
Z climb Y leak. Again, 12 ace X motion tight play action boot flat seven Z climb Y leak. All right, let's focus on what Jaden is doing here being in the X. Okay, so with the X, you're going to see the X motion. If you notice here on screen, for those of you on the pod, we're going from left to right on the screen. Um, they are uh, in a 12 ace. Ace is just simply a uh, single back and uh, 12 being 12 personnel, one running back, two tied in. So they're just in a balance. Notice I didn't say strong right. I didn't say strong left. That means it's a balanced ace look. And the X is going to motion to tight. That's Jaden Reed up here, number one. Okay, he's on the top of the screen. He's motioning to the tight position. Now, some people would look at this automatically, right? And uh, this, uh, they, they would look at this and say, okay, no, he's actually the Z. That could be the case. You could look at it that way. But in my eyes, the tight end is on the left side of the field, which means that would make um, Jaden the Z. Or I'm sorry, Jaden the X as opposed to the Z. This guy's on the line of scrimmage, but again, you don't want to get too caught up in that. We're just going to call it 12 ace, X motion tight. And of course, he's going to run the seven route, okay? So what you're going to notice here is the tight end is going to kind of come off the ball. He's going to run a flat. That's the flat seven. And this actually isn't a balanced look. It's a strong left. We just caught that. I didn't have it in my notes. So that's uh, that's worth noting there. So what I want you to really key in on with Jaden being the X here, he's going to run a seven route. Now watch how he sells the seam and loses this corner. And this is the thing that I've wrote down in my notes too as, uh, as well, gang. Anytime Jaden is lined up on the boundary, whether it's X or Z, right, when he's out there on the boundary – what you're seeing here, this would probably be more of a Z look. So we need to change that. I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to make that change right now and uh, call this a Z play. So you're going to get a lot of a lot of Zs overall. So let's do that. Let's just call that a Z and trigger that on out. Okay, so notice how the corner plays so far off of Jaden when he is on the boundary. And some of you are going, well, maybe that's just their defense. Okay, they could be playing a cover six look. They could be playing, you know, uh, something along those lines where they're trying to to sugar a little bit pre-snap. But look on the bottom down here where the X is, right? With the X, look how far up the corner is on him, okay? Now, maybe it's a defensive scheme where they'll play opposite the strong side where the tight ends are on. They're going to play snug on that side because they know they got some help over the top. But nonetheless, every time you see – Jaden out wide on the boundary, whether it's the X or the Z, these corners really play off. Why is that? It's because of the speed we talked about. Okay. So watch as he gets into the seven route. For those of you listening, a seven route is a corner route. But you've noticed within this Michigan State offense, they've got some freedom to run choice slash option routes, meaning wherever the corner ends up, the receiver can change up their route just a bit to find the soft spot. That is a great, great thing for us Packer fans because that's what you want to see within this Matt LaFleur offense. That's what we do. That's why Aaron gets would get so frustrated with the young receivers because he would see one thing, they would see another. And some people would go, well, the guy was open, obviously ran the right route. That's not the point. The pre-snap look should and, – and the pre-snap to the post-snap adjustment should determine where the ball should be thrown. So whether the receiver was more open or not, that's not the key. The key is where is the DB – when the ball is released or when the ball should be released, right? And that's what's going to determine where the wide receiver should end up. So I really want you to key in on Jaden here as he goes. we got the motion. Now watch him sell this seam here. You can see the jab step barely there. And for those of you on the pod, he's going to he's going to take this guy to the top of the stem of the route, right? And when he gets to the top of the stem, he makes that corner commit deep, and then Jaden's going to run that corner route. But what you see with the corner route is more of a flat look, right? And when I say flat look, it's more of an out, than a seven, but you can tell it was designed to be a seven route. 
he absolutely loses this corner. And again, on a corner route, guys, you're looking to make that catch in a tight window, right? And you're looking to toe tap the sideline and get out of bounds, right? You're just looking to secure the catch. And as we zoom in on Jaden right here, I want you to watch how he runs this route and how he breaks the route off here too. So watch him take him to the top of the stem. See, he's not happy right here. He's wanting to kind of get into that corner early, but he's not happy with how that corner is staying at home. But look at that little jab step. You can see the tire. You can see the rubber fly up off the turf where he really drags that back foot. And bang, look at the corner. He makes the corner completely commit to the seam. And now look, you see the corner route developing here, right? The seven route developing for Jaden Reed. But he understands there's all this space out here, right? He's There's a lot of receivers, gang. And for those of you on the pod, there's a lot of receivers that are making that cut. They're not even thinking, and they're running that corner. And this ball would be underthrown. It might not even be complete. But you can see Jaden recognizes it quick. He knows how much separation he's got, comes back to the ball. Not only did he secure the catch for the first down in a gain of about 14 yards, whatever it is, but he's looking for Yak after it. He picks up another three yards with a nasty stiff arm there at the end. So just another situation where you're, you're seeing Yak, even on a play where there shouldn't be Yak. And it's because he is so fluid with the catch and getting those aggressive eyes downfield to make a guy miss. Clean and fluid out the break, great awareness, looking for Yak even on a sideline catch. Um, the dude just continues to impress me. And, again, it's college tape. we got to throw that caveat out there that you uh, you don't know how he's going to perform in the pros, but everything he's shown on college tape, especially from the 2021 season, has been it's been phenomenal. So let's move on to the next play. This this one comes in the fourth quarter, 10-27 left. It's a third and seven play. You're leading 17-15, to 15, so you're trying to – you're trying to put this game away, right? You want a scoring drive here. If you can go down and score seven points, you could put this thing out of reach for Indiana, right? Up 17 to 15. When the game's on the line, think player, not play, right? And that's exactly what they're doing with Jaden Reed. So right here, you got an 11 gun, Y off left, halfback week, 929 max protect, okay? Um, the 929 is obviously the route combination, okay? Jaden is going to be the Z, and uh, he's going to be um, – See if we can identify him here real quick as we as we watch. So he's going to be at the bottom in the Z. Okay. Now, why is he the Z there? This is a good explanation of what we talked about, right? He's kind of up on the line of scrimmage, right? Well, I thought Z is supposed to play off. Well, the Y is off right now. So what does that make Jaden over here? Again, the X is at the top of the screen. The X is opposite the tight inside. And you've got the slot typically in between the X, the X and the tackle. But in this case, with the Y being off, you've got Jaden or you've got the receiver up top as the X, which makes Jaden the Z and the slot in between the Z and the off, the Y off or tight end off play. Okay, so that's how this lays out. Now I want you to key in on the bottom of the play or the bottom of the screen here with this 11-gun Y off left, halfback weak, 929 max protect. Jaden's a Z um, on the boundary, the tight end side. So here we go. As we get into the route, you can see as Jaden comes off, He's got a nine, but he's got freedom. So what he's got right here, guys, it's really going to turn into a stop and go, okay? This is supposed to be a nine route, in my opinion. Now, why does he run a stop and go right here? If you watch how the play develops, again, you've got Jaden on the boundary, and look how far the corner is off. Now look on the opposite side of the field. See what I'm saying? On the opposite side of the field, we're going from right to left. So on the top of the screen here, you have got the X receiver, and they're snugged up on him. They don't respect his speed at all. But on Jaden's side, boy, they do not want to give him a chance to beat them deep. So they're playing this perfectly, in my opinion, Indiana. 
All right. So what the cornerback does, the cornerback plays sticks. So Jaden's got to sell a curl, a little stop route, and then set up a go route. So this is probably a non route, but he's going to turn it into a stop and go. And I want you to look at the separation. This guy, there's not much separation at all. The corner plays it perfect. And as we zoom in here on Jaden, I want you to key in on right down here. He's going to run a little stop and go. This is supposed to be a nine, but look at the corner play it perfect. Jaden just going to give him a little bang, and he's gone. You know, typically on a stop and go, you want to turn towards the quarterback. He doesn't even do that, just a little stutter step. That's enough separation. The corner plays it pretty well, but right here it's over. He's literally having to grab Jaden Reed's towel on the backside. Like he, this dude, he knows if Jaden gets away right here, it's ball game, right? So he's doing everything he can to keep Jaden from pulling away, and he does. But this ball where it was thrown is even a little bit underthrown. And I want you to look how he hand fights for position. Right here, he's doing everything he can to get this guy off of him. Little hand check right there. And look at the late hands for the catch. That corner is not expecting him to make that catch right there or else his hands would be up. Look how late Jaden's hands are to the ball. You really, really want that on the boundary. Does a great job boxing out the corner, late hands, even in tight coverage. Still comes down with the play, secures it. Beautiful. And right there, if he hadn't slipped, I think he's looking for yak. This dude is always looking for yards after the catch, which is really, really cool. Um, so, again, look at this catch. Look at the late hands catch. Look, look at the concentration. Brings it in. Watch him swap that thing away. What you're also seeing with Jaden reading some of these clips is body control. He's completely turned backwards. He's torqued. It was kind of a bad throw. It was underthrown by the quarterback. Look at him reach back, grab it, and watch him rip this thing back towards the sideline. He wants to secure this catch as quick as possible. And look, he's he's trying to look for Yak. He sees all that green, but unfortunately, he slips right there uh, on the on the field turf. So again, what sticks out on that play? In that situation, Jaden's in the Z. Again, once again, he's on the boundary, whether you think it's the X or the Z, makes no matter, makes no difference to me. Let's just call it boundary receiver. You're seeing him on the boundary quite often, right? He sells that curl. I think that was kind of an option route. I think that was one of those choice routes where it's like, I've got to get this guy to commit somewhat underneath so I can create some separation over the top. And he does that, gets his towel grab from behind, and still beats the corner to the spot. Done a great job boxing out the corner, had late hands, even in tight coverage. Just excellent play there from uh, from Jaden Reed for sure. All right, let's move on to the next play. We're going to try to go rapid fire here so we don't take up too much of everyone's time. Again, hopefully you guys on the pod, you're getting these keynotes, where he's playing, deployment, what he's doing well in the play called. And in that situation, man, it was with the game on the line looking to put it away, right? Think play or not play. All right, this next play is third quarter, 417 left. It's a fourth and four. They are losing 30 to 14. Okay, losing 30 to 14 uh, to Michigan, the number six team in the country. And again, this comes in the third quarter. So they're just looking to try to get back in this game. Right. They're looking to do anything they can to get back in the game. So Michigan State's going to come out in an 11 gun doubles. You don't hear that much. Right. 11 gun in this offense. You see a lot of 12. Look, that last play, we seen 11 gun. And in this situation, we see 11 gun double doubles. Why left drive? Uh, Haas fade. Halfback leak. Okay, Jaden is going to be the slot here. So we finally get into a play where Jaden's playing the slot. You see him right here. And in this case, it's exactly what you expect a, expect a uh, slot receiver to be. The X is on the line of scrimmage opposite the tight end. And typically between the X and the tackle on the X side is your slot receiver. So this is your quintessential slot receiver position. Now, Jaden playing the slot, he's going to run a nine fade. Okay, what's a nine fade? A nine route typically is a go route, right? 
It's just that run as fast, as straight as you possibly can. A non-fade, it's designed to set the DB up to where you can get outside leverage. So you may give a little move inside, and you're looking to put the DB on the inside of you so you can create separation on the outside and run it like a fade pattern deep, okay? And keep in mind, guys, this is fourth and four here. They they have got to score quick losing 30 to 14, or, or this game is going to get really, really out of hand as you go into the fourth quarter, okay? Who are they looking for on a fourth and four play? It's Jaden Reed, right? So, again, you've got him in the slot. Let's watch it, uh, watch it kind of unfold here. And there's the fade, the non-fade route, right? That non-fade is a hard route to run because you've got to be patient, and then you've got to have the burst, acceleration, and speed to get over the top. And you can see they played it pretty good. This, this Michigan defense is no pushover, right? The cornerback actually is playing catch man, in my opinion. Some people may disagree with that. And they've got bracket over the top. What does that mean? With catch man, you're typically five yards off the line of scrimmage, and you're looking to catch that catch that wide receiver as he comes in, and you're kind of playing with a little bit of underneath technique, although you're still over the top. And he knows he's got bracket help. He's got help over the top with his safety, okay? So essentially, they're playing bracket coverage on Jaden Reed here. It's a fourth and four, and they're still worried about his speed. When, when that DB is isolated on Jaden Reed and all the tape I've seen, they play off the line of scrimmage. When they've got help over the top, they're going to play a little more snug. So right here, Michigan's getting a little bit aggressive with him because he knows here comes the late rotation. You can see the safety kind of rotate over. He shows the seam in a single high look, but his bracket help, once, once this drive happens on the front side of this play, okay, and when I say drive, we're talking about the drive concept down here at the bottom from the Z receiver. When you see this drive concept between the Z receiver and the tight end, the safety just bails on that side of the field, and he's worried about playing bracket on Jaden, okay? So you've got a corner in his hip pocket, and the quarterback doesn't even care. You've got bracket coverage over the top, a corner in his hip pocket. He knows, I'm just going to put this thing on the sideline and give our best player, our best receiver, a chance to make a play. And that's exactly what he does. He still wins, guys. He's got a corner in his hip pocket. He's got bracket coverage over the top. And watch him still win to the catch point. I mean, it's a beautiful throw by the, by the quarterback, too. Don't get me wrong. But that's, that's really good coverage. Again, you see the late hands, boxes out the defender. You've seen it on back-to-back plays. In my notes, I've got boxes out and late hands. Now, let's go to a different clip here so you can see it a little bit better. Look, look how fired up. First of all, you're talking about a spark plug for his team. Look at this offensive coordinator, head coach, whoever it is. Look at him right there. I can't wait to see Matt LaFleur do that on Sundays when Jaden Reed makes a big play. They are just like, they can't stop this kid. Now, I know you're losing this game. But again, watch his throw. Look at Jaden Reed make this grab. Late hands. I mean, the defender is draped all over him. And think about this too. Jaden knows where that safety's at. You can bet your butt Jaden took a peek at that safety post-snap to see exactly where he was. And he's not even worried about getting hit. Late hands, guy draped all on him, still makes the grab. Again, man, just a, a phenomenal play here. I, I should have put a zoom in here. I don't want to kill you guys with the time, but I'd really like to zoom in on that. Oh, my gosh. What a catch, dude. What a great grab. Again, a non-fade. So there you've got Jaden in the slot. We finally got video footage of him in the slot at Michigan State. And, uh, I mean, you can see 
when they put them on the boundary, they like to run a lot of smoke screens. They like to run them deep. They'll play just about anything. They throw them in the slot. They didn't necessarily work him over the middle. And I know typically we think about that, right? When when a player's in the slot, you think Donald Driver, you think Greg Jennings, you think a young Jordy Nelson at times, they would they would do a little Z motion and throw Jordy into the slot. You you think of those things, right? Going across the middle, quick slant, skinny post, stuff like that. And we've seen posts on the last chalk talk of Jaden of Jaden Reed. But here you see him running a nine fade, like Dude, that's uh, what you're what you're starting to understand is this kid can run just about every route. Now, again, if you go watch the 2022 tape, you're not coming away near as excited. When you dig into this 2021 tape, you go, "Holy cow! He can run posts, he can run slants, he can run smokes, he can run fades, he can run stop and goes." This dude's got a pretty dominant route tree, and he's got the quick twitch, and he's darn sure got the over the top uh, ability to uh, to beat the defender. So. Um, pretty exciting stuff there. All right, let's move on to now. Um, we are against Purdue here, and this is going to be uh, see Michigan State's actually the number three team in the country here. They're down to Purdue, uh, who is a five and three team. This comes in the fourth quarter. All right, there is six oh nine left. It's a first and ten. You're losing thirty seven to twenty one. Michigan State comes out in an eleven gun tray. Y off Z go slot cross X curl Y T mesh delay. OK, Jaden is going to be the slot here once again. Right. And I want you to watch the cross that he runs here. We were just talking about, right, how he run the the, the nine fade. We talked about the stop and go. We talked about the smoke screen. We thought we talked about, um, you know, the uh, the post pattern, all that stuff. Right. Some people would probably call this and they may even think this was supposed to be a post. But again, this is where the, the lines get a little bit blurred with choice routes and option routes. And you can really see it all over this Michigan State offense. They had some freedom for the quarterback and the receivers to kind of work together in space. But he's going to be the slot and he's going to run a crosser, okay? Again, this is this is first and ten. What Purdue does here that really catches me off guard, and I'm not very familiar with Purdue's personnel, but it looks like they stayed in base here, right? As they say, stay in base, he kind of recognizes that. you got a big backer out here on him in this slot. Now, what's that backer doing? He's showing inside leverage, right? He's showing inside technique. What's that mean? He wants to make Jaden – believe there's no way he's going to beat him inside. So this could have been a uh, supposed to have been a slant route. That's quite possible, right? But it's probably supposed to have been some kind of inside route. And I want you to watch how Jaden works himself up the field. And and he doesn't get rattled by the fact that this, uh, this linebacker is going to try to mug him a little bit and take him off his game, right? He's patient at the top of the stem. That's the big thing that, that catches me right here. He's going to sell the seam route first, though. Watch him go downfield. He's selling that seam. Watch how he dips that shoulder as this linebacker really tries to – he mugs him with, with minimal contact. But he, he wants to force Jaden outside that hash mark. That's that linebacker's goal. And he really does that. But watch Jaden. He's very, very patient, patient at the top of the stem. And I want you to watch how he sold this seam. But look at this catch right here, guys. You talk about a fearless catch. Look at the bodies around him. You've got a guy over the top. You've got a guy underneath. You've got another guy who's got a full head of steam that could just take Jaden's freaking head off here. That's what we call fearless hands. We were talking about fearless eyes, right, and having aggressive eyes looking for that yak. He shows that here as well. But that's an aggressive hands catch in the middle of everybody. And you would think right here, right, first and 10, you already picked up 13, 14 yards. Let's just let's just take the first down and, you know, get down on the ground, take what they gave you, and call it good enough, right? Now, that's not what he does. He's going to make all three defenders miss. I want you to watch how quick his eyes come down to the level of the player, 
immediately following the catch. He's got extremely quick eyes out of the catch, and he's looking for Yak, right? What you'll make these guys miss? Secures the catch, eyes lock on that defender, hit him with a little juke, and all three guys are trailing now. I mean, this guy right here underneath, the first defender underneath, he completely underestimated Jaden's speed, obviously. He's thinking, okay, it, this guy here is going to be able to make this tackle. I guarantee you that's what he's thinking. It, whether that's the corner of the safety, I'm not going to spend too much time on, on determining who that is. Um, he, you know, he's expecting this guy to make the tackle. And when Jaden hits the Jets right here, watch this. Look at that cut. Just a little quick jump cut. Completely turns the linebacker around. He's not – not only is he not worried about getting hit by this linebacker, but he's focused on making him look silly. But look how aggressive. And then he's off to the races, all the way down to the three-yard line. Guys, you're talking about quick eyes out of a catch in between three defenders that should have been stopped immediately following the catch. But his athleticism, his uh, his ability to, to look downfield immediately following the catch, having those aggressive eyes, that turns that into a 14-yard play. There, there, he What he did was, when I say 14-yard, it was much more than that, right? He makes the catch 14 yards down the field. But then look at the yards he picks up. He picks up another 14 yards after the catch. Guys, those yards aren't there. How many times, and I'm not trying to knock anybody on the Packers roster, but let's be honest here. How many times did you see Alan Lazard make that catch and go down or get tackled right where he caught it? Even Randall Cobb here in the latter years, right? Romeo Dobbs, same thing. Christian Watson, that's what gets me excited. Because Christian Watson, it would have been real easy to just kind of hesitate on that big play in Philly where he, you know, took the crosser for six. But what did he do? He turned on the freaking Jets, and he's looking for more. Jaden's got that same pedigree. I know he doesn't have the frame. He might not have the speed. He darn sure doesn't have the jumping ability that Christian has. But these guys are going to be able to play off each other so much because it's obvious that what Goody's looking for in these second-round receivers is somebody who's fearless. I mean, you've kind of seen it with Greg Jennings back in the day, right? I believe, if I remember correctly, Greg Jennings was a second-round pick. Jordy Nelson was a second-round pick. James Jones was, a, I think, a little bit later, I believe. I could be wrong. He might have been a second. I can't remember where James Jones was drafted. But all three of those receivers, what do they have in common? You know, how many times did you see Greg Jennings catch a slant, a crosser, or a skinny post and immediately make that first defender miss? You know, you've seen it in Denver. That's the first thing that came to mind. You've seen it in the Super Bowl. Where he he got quite a bit of yaks there in the Super Bowl, like that that's something they look for in these receivers, young these young receivers. And man, it, it it just seems like they always are able to pluck them out of the second round. I mean, look at Devontae Adams, what he turned into. I'm going to tell you this right now, Devontae Adams coming out of college, and in no way, shape, or form am I trying to say Jaden Reed's going to have a better career than than Devontae Adams. I'm simply trying to compare apples to apples. When you look at Devontae coming out of college. And you look at some of this tape with Jaden. If you if you remove the names, remove the jerseys, and show both sets of tape, I I would be hard pressed to find someone that would say, "No, nah, I'll take that guy." That guy being Devonte Adams, not knowing who he is, over Jaden Reed, because Jaden Reed really flashes here on this 21, 2021 tape. Again, that move is phenomenal, man, phenomenal. So, quick recap: He was in the slot. He sold the seam. Done a great job with the uh, with the route. The dude can run routes. I mean, you've seen it on the stop and go. You've seen it earlier when he was running that seven route, how he sold the seam there. On two different plays here today, we see him sell the seam and run in a different route. So right here, he sells the seam, patient at the top of the stem, fearless hands, quick eyes out of the catch. 
14 yards that weren't freaking there. Jaden found them. Pretty darn impressive. All right, let's move on to the next play here. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Let me check that off so I don't get mixed up. All right, first quarter. 6.59 left, second and seven play. They're up seven to nothing here. Um, is that the right one? Let's see. Yeah, they're up seven to nothing here against Maryland. Okay, so this is early in the game, a second and seven play. Pretty much every play in the playbook's on the table right here. You could run and set, your up, uh, set yourself up for a, a third and really short. You could take a shot here. Um, and, and, you know, second and set or a third and seven wouldn't be horrible if it falls incomplete, especially if you get the right look that you want. But what they're going to come out in here, is a 10-gun spread, halfback left, Haas, non-fade, cab, okay? Now, for those of you listening, a cab is very, very similar. That that route concept, that passing concept is, or route combination, I should, I should say, is very similar to a drive. The only difference is with the drive play, the outside receiver goes underneath the inside receiver, okay? On cab, they, they kind of, they, they keep their, their same positioning. The inside receiver is going to run a short in and the outside receiver is going to run a dig a little deeper. Okay. That's a cab concept. That's what I mean by cab. I think that's the first time on chalk talk that I've had a play where I mentioned the cab concept. Okay. That's what cab means. One of those previous plays, two or three plays ago, we had a drive in there. And I just want you guys to understand that the drive, the inside receiver, which was the tight end, is going to run the deeper digger out as opposed to the outside receiver running the shallow. This play with cab, they're going to run 
the outside receiver is going to run the deep dig. The inside receiver is going to run the uh, the more shallow dig. Okay, so you got Jaden is going to be slot left here, and he's going to run a nine fade. We keep hearing that route, don't we? Nine fade. Put that in your memory banks, guys, because when we go into the season, I want you to think when they deploy Jaden Reed into an offense, right, into a into an offensive series, and he's out there. I'm eager to see how many times they take a shot on a nine fade to Jaden Reed because it's obvious they've seen that on the tape that he did that really, really well. So, again, he's going to be in the slot. As we watch him run this nine fade, this is really, really simple right here, guys. And what's funny is the corner on the bottom, we're going from right to left. For those of you on the pod, we're going from right to left. They're in a 10 look, one running back, zero tight ends. Okay, so they're kind of flexed out in this spread look. This could be a tight end here, but at the best of my knowledge, it was a large receiver. Regardless, they're using or a large tight end. They're or, Yeah, large receiver. I think they're at least at a minimum using a large tight end flexed out into that wide receiver spot. Now, that would technically be the Y on the line of scrimmage, but nonetheless, you've got this spread look, this two-by-two two look. There's two, two receivers on each side of the ball, and they're pretty evenly spaced, a little bit tighter look on the top, like I said, on the top of the screen going from right to left. But Jaden's going to be in this slot left on the bottom um, of the screen here towards the bottom. He's going to run a non-fade. Guys, it's real simple here. He just wins with speed. He absolutely wins with speed here. Now, they're running a Haas non-fade, meaning with the Haas concept, the receiver to the left of Jaden on the very bottom of the screen is going to run a short route and then he's going to run deep. So this is kind of a high-low look, if you will. Not, not a technical high-low, but you're trying to just find your side adjustment as the quarterback and go, okay, is the underneath route open or is it over the top where our play is? But as you see here, as the play, play develops and that Haas concept hits, they're playing kind of a zone look. Or if they're playing man, they get a lot of freedom to, to kind of bracket um, Jaden Reed here. This guy sees the Haas. He sees the underneath. And he says, I don't even care about that underneath route. We're not going to let this speed demon named Jaden Reed beat us over the top, okay? He's going to run a nine fade, and it's real simple. He just wins with speed here, gang. Two things stood out to me here. Watch him win with speed. And those of you on the pod, he's got two defenders that were not fooled one bit. They're both on him, and he just simply outruns them. I mean, just outruns them to the ball. And, again, you see late hands. The ball is one yard away from him before he even shows his hands. The defender never had a shot. You see the defender try to poke his hand in there at the last second, and it's too late. And the reason being is because Jaden beat him with speed, and he's got laid hands. So, again, that's starting to stick out in this this uh, this film study of Jaden Reed a lot too. Late hands, late hands, late hands. That's absolutely huge at the NFL level. You heard Aaron Rodgers bragging on Tay two years ago. One, well, one year ago it was his last MVP season. Um, I remember him breaking down – a play on the McAfee show where he was talking about Devontae Adams having late hands and it's just like a cheat code. It's absolutely ridiculous that defenders try to, you know, they, they have no shot at defending late hands because right here as a defender, if you're putting yourself in their shoes, you're beat. Bang, you're beat. All right, I've got to try to time this just perfect. He's not looking at the ball. He's looking at the receiver going, as soon as his hands go up, I'm, I'm knocking this ball down. If he never gives you his hands, guess what? You're going to be a half a – Half a second late, a split second late, trying to punch that ball out. That's all Jaden Reed. He beats him with speed, and he shows the late hands. Here's a better angle here. If you watch Jaden, he's just going to run this nine fade. You know, if you look at that illustration that the the uh, the broadcaster drew on the screen, you would think that's an out and go, wouldn't you? It's not an out and go. That is a nine fade. Look at him still trying to th – it's almost like Jaden's trying to decide, should I go inside here? Because he gives a little hesitation. That keeps him at home. 
and just beats them with speed. And again, there's your late hands. Phenomenal play by Jaden Reed. Phenomenal play. So on that play there, what sticks out for those of you on the pod? Again, these are the keywords you're looking for. Jaden playing in the slot. Another nine fade. Wins with speed. Late hands. All right? Late hands. This next play is going to get you really excited. Um, actually, I don't know if it's the very next play. It's going to be the one after this, I believe. Yeah, it'll be the one after this. And I think for those of you who are watching on YouTube and Twitter, we, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll check the chat here in a minute, see if anybody has any questions or comments. Um, but they already see the play that's ahead, and it's because it's a snowball. I mean, it, the, it's an absolute blizzard in the next game, and you can just already see the snow falling at Lambeau Field and it not affecting Jaden uh, Jaden Reed. Um, but first, before we get into that play, fourth quarter, 13-29 left. It's the second and 18. Uh, they are winning 34-21, to 21, okay? Early in the fourth quarter, you're trying to put this game away, right? You're you're winning by what, 13 points? Is that right? 14 points. Yeah, I think that's right. So you're, you're right at a two-touchdown lead, and what you're looking to do um, with uh, with this play here, it's a 13-point game, yes. Yeah, so you're looking to put it out of reach, right? And again, second and 18, what's the play call here, guys? What are you doing on second and 18? You're probably going to try to play it safe and pick up a little something, right? pick up a little something underneath, and then make it third manageable, okay? They're going to come out, once again, in a 10-gun spread. And what you've noticed is when they're losing, they like to go to this 10-gun a little bit more. But it's obvious they've seen something here um, these last two plays with that 10 look that they wanted to exploit, okay? So you've got a 10-gun, halfback right, play-action Dino, Haas Smoke, T out. Again, 10-gun spread, halfback right, play-action Dino, Haas Smoke, T out. Um, T receiver. When you hear me say T, it simply means the running back is in the pass route. Okay, that's all that is. Some people would just, you know, leave it as a halfback, H, you know, HB, however you want to say it, not a H back, but halfback. Some people will say tailback. Some people will say T. With with a lot of this old school West Coast terminology that I use, the goal is to minimize the syllables you use to call the play. They used to have to call these plays in the huddle. That's how they would call that out in the huddle. 10, 15 years ago, they would say, and they wouldn't say 10 because they would have a name for um, personnel, right? Let me give you an example. I heard Mark Chamora the other day, you know, former Packers tied in. He talked about zebra and he said, you know, how much zebra are they going to be playing this year drafting these tight ends? And of course, the guy he asked didn't have a clue, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about. You know, he didn't know whether to crap or go blind. So he closed one eye and farted. He's like, what do you mean zebra? And we said, well, you know, the, the three wide receiver sets. Now, why did they call it Zebra? This is what's really cool. There's there's nicknames for everything across the league. They're not going to call this out in the old archaic style that I call it out. I do it because it, it, it outlines all the information for the listeners so you know every aspect of the play. But when he said Zebra, right, what he was talking about was 11 personnel, okay? So when he come out in 11 personnel, first of all, what does 11 look like? couple stripes, right? That's probably why they called it zebra. So 11 personnel would have been one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. So what Chewy was asking is how much how much zebra, how much 11 personnel, how much three wide receiver sets do you think they're going to run since they drafted these tight ends? And the reason I mention that is because when this play was called in the huddle, I guarantee you they didn't say 10-gun spread, halfback, uh, halfback right, play action, Dino, ha, smoke, T out. Everything has codes now. Right. That's why you've seen even the veteran that is Aaron Rodgers wearing that play call sheet. Right. They use a number system in Green Bay. They would have play number 10 or play number 12. 
And that would be all that information I just told you, the players would have to memorize that within that number system, okay, to make things a lot more fluid, getting to the line a little bit quicker. Now, they wouldn't even say 10, and that's where I was going with my point. Like like Chewy said, they may call it zebra. They might call it rhino. They might, might call it cheetah. They might call it, you know, whatever, skyscraper, whatever it might be, right? Um, that would be their code name. So they would go, you know, in Chewy's day, they would go zebra. So the guy that was over sending in the right personnel, you got all your all your players who were, you know, uh, healthy at the time. Nobody was battling injury. Everybody's ready to go in and out of the game. And when you go to change personnel package, they would just say zebra. And those guys knew which one to go on the field. All right, we need three wide receivers, one tight end, whatever. Bang. That's why sometimes you see receivers start on and then come running back off because they didn't they didn't understand that personnel call, right? Um, now, why would they not just say 11 personnel or 10 personnel, right? Why not just say that? I'll tell you why. Because on that other side of that sideline, you've got guys watching with binoculars. You've got guys trying to steal signs. You've got guys trying to just get a little bit of an advantage of what they're sending in, right? I know everybody likes to think Bill Belichick's the only person to ever do that in history. That's not the case. Everybody's trying to get a, a little bit of a competitive, uh, competitive advantage, right? Um, you know, the old saying down here, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? That's what we've been told our whole life playing baseball. I was taught when you slide into second base to break up a double play, don't be afraid to throw a handful of dirt in the second baseman's eyes. You guys might be going, man, that is crappy that you raise your kids that way. I partially agree, but that's the way it was. Any way to gain an advantage uh, whatsoever, man. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Everybody's looking for that that type of advantage uh, within sports. Let me give you another example. You know, I'm, I'm into Bill Walsh real, real deep right now. I'm trying to understand exactly how the West Coast offense emerged. And what's hilarious is just like anything else that you learn in life, when you try to dig into something and you think, here's here's what I'm I'm looking to get out of this, it almost never goes the way you expect. So I'm digging into several Bill Walsh books, trying to get a little bit, just another nugget or two about the West Coast offense. And guess what the books are about? They're about leadership. <laughs> That's what it's about. Like you, you literally learn his uh, process. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, the term he used. I think I took a note here. I'm getting better at taking notes. I'm getting old, so it's hard to remember. Yeah, he called it the standard of performance. Okay. He had a standard of performance. Everything about that West Coast offense, everything about that 49ers dynasty in the 90s, in the late 80s, early 90s, it, it had little, it had way less to do with the West Coast offense than it did the culture that Bill Walsh created within the building and what he referred to as his standard of performance from the lowest level employee in the entire organization to Joe freaking Montana. He had this thing called the standard of performance. But again, back to if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. There's a, a really cool story that I've heard several times. I heard it on a football life, Bill Walsh. I read it in one of his books. Um, but he had a little trick that he would do. You guys know you've got the openers. And we're going to get back to Chalk Talk in a minute. But this stuff comes to mind. I definitely want to mention it. You have openers when you come out in the game, right? Which basically they will script the first one or two series of the game. You know, And, and it, to me, it's gotten a little bit a little bit more lengthy, a little bit longer as time has gone on. But back in the day, they would script that first drive. So if you've got that first drive scripted, right, the offense knows exactly the plays you're going to call on that opening drive. That's why a lot of times a team will go down and score on the opening drive. And the team that does get the ball first and doesn't score on the opening drive, you're at a disadvantage because now there's a better chance that the other team's going to get the ball after halftime. But those were your best plays, and that defense shut it down, right? That's a – that's a huge punch to the gut, right? 
for an offense. So what Bill Walsh would do to gain a competitive advantage, and he did this against Bill Parcells, and, and I'll tell you Bill Parcells' response here in a second, which is hilarious. They came out, I believe it was in the playoffs, the year – it might have been the year after the Giants won the Super Bowl, but nonetheless, Bill Walsh locking, locking horns with freaking Bill Parcells, right? So it's the Giants 49ers. This stuff is just – I mean, it's at, at its pinnacle as far as that rivalry, right? You've got – Bill Parcells, who was an East Coast guy, gritty, hard nose, going to play defense and, and hold you to 13 points and win the ball game, right? And on the other side, you got Bill Walsh's West Coast offense that's just going to try to put up 40 points on you. So they come out in the opening drive, and this is what Bill Walsh does. They have a rule in the NFL that if one team's comms goes down, the other team has to put their comms down, basically meaning – if one one team reports our headsets aren't working, we can't communicate with our coaches or our quarterback, then the other team has to take theirs off so there's not a competitive advantage. So what Bill Walsh did on the opening drive was he claimed that his headsets went out. And when his headsets went out, right, then that means Parcells has to take his headset off. And some of you guys are going, well, what's it matter? It's, it's even across the field. No, it ain't, and I'll tell you why. Because he did it on the opening drive because guess what? He didn't even need to communicate with Joe Montana or Steve Young because they had their scripted, their openers, right? So he forced Bill Parcells to take his headset off, Bill Belichick to take his headset off. Lawrence Taylor couldn't, couldn't uh, you know, communicate with his sideline and those great coaches on that coaching staff from the defensive side of the ball, right? And they had their openers already set up. There was no need for the 49ers to communicate with their quarterback, and there was every need for the defense to communicate with their players on the field. Right. So the very next year, they get ready to play them again. Right. And Bill Walsh and Bill Parcells meet at the 50 yard line. They shake just like all head coaches do. And Parcells, this is Parcells side of the story. He looked Bill Walsh right in the eyes. He shook his hand and he said, I'm going to tell you something. If those comms go down today on this opening drive, I'm going to expose you. Right. And he said, Bill Walsh looked at him with a little twinkle in his eye and winked and said, just a little gamesmanship. Right. And Bill Parcells laughed and said, yeah, but. That's enough. We're done with that, right? So, again, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Everybody likes to point to uh, Bill Belichick as this big, horrible cheater, but I just told you a situation and, and uh, an incident where Bill Walsh cheated Bill Parcells back in the day. It's freaking hilarious. So, I don't know how we got there on this pod, but here we are, and uh, I just love stories like that. So, anyway, let's get back to it. Fourth quarter, 13-29 left. Like I said, they're going to come out in a 10-gun spread, halfback right, play action Dino, Haas smoke, T out. Jaden's going to be the slot right, okay? And what you're going to what you're going to see here is a non-fade over the smoke. All right, so let's roll it through once here. And they're running kind of this smoke route, right? You remember earlier I showed you guys, I think on the last episode, I showed you Jaden running a smoke route, right? So – on that smoke route, what you're going to do is the receiver up here, and for those of you on the pod, is just going to try to come back to the quarterback. You're trying to create separation here. Now, you see this guy trying to mug Jaden in the slot um, up on the line of scrimmage, right? So as he mugs him, the outside receiver is going to come in on a smoke. Now, look at the confusion it, it causes here. There's actually a switch element to this play as well. Another concept or an element to a concept is called switch, where the two receivers will actually – They'll cross bodies, okay? Anytime you have receivers cross bodies in the route, they call that a switch concept, right? And and it's not a concept in itself, but, it, you know, in this case, you should probably, what we should call this is a non-fade over smoke switch, okay? And that's telling them, okay, they're going to switch concepts. So watch, he's going to switch under, 
Look at him draw that corner in. And this is all man coverage, right? This guy covering Jaden in the slot now doesn't have a freaking chance. Once they read man coverage, look how quick Jaden gets into this nine fade. So here we are again, another nine fade route, right? And, you know, Reed uh, and the quarterback Reed, you know, they basically Jaden Reed and the quarterback are both going to read. That's hard to say three times fast. Jaden Reed and the quarterback read press man. So as soon as they read press man, what's his quarterback? He doesn't care about anything else on the field. As soon as he sees that corner up top bite on the smoke, he now knows in the slot this guy is trying to play press man or mirror match press man with Jaden Reed here. Good luck with that. Good freaking luck with that. Now watch what Jaden does here. They're going to play another little bit of bracket coverage on him, so I want you to watch his safety. He's already pedaling toward Jaden's side, and as soon as he reads that nine fade, he's just going to go for Jaden, right? But look at Jaden, how he how he plays this. I mean, it's – this dude – this is special right here. Bracket coverage, and watch Jaden come back to the ball. He sells this nine fade, and this is this goes back to the choice, the option routes that we're talking about. When a, when a young receiver comes into the league, you think, can they mentally handle what goes into running a choice route, right? And if the answer is no, then you're limited on how you can deploy him within your offense. With Jaden Reed, you don't see that here because he's shown a nine fade. But watch him. He's going to sell the nine fade. And then while the ball's in the air, both he and the quarterback read the same thing, and they're going back shoulder. Look at that. Does that not look like Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson right there from back in the day? Now, again, that's not even enough, right? While the ball's in the air, I want you to watch how patient he is. Look at how patient he is. The ball's in the air. The ball has traveled three yards in the air now, for those of you on the pod. And Jaden's still sprinting down the field, gets his head back. It's not until the ball is on him before he turns around. You've got fluidity. You've got, I mean, excellent balance for a receiver to be able to make that adjustment. And you just took two plays, two defenders out of the play. Now look at this bracket coverage guy. He is lost. He somehow thinks, okay, we've got him dead to the sideline here. And look at this move that Jaden puts on him. Again, fearless eyes at the catch, right? Right out of the catch, look at fearless eyes. As soon as he makes the grab, head snaps around, and he's looking for the defenders. And, and we're looking for Yak. He's going to make four defenders miss here, guys. The guy who was playing press man on him, he makes him miss right there. He makes the bracket coverage safety miss, right? Now watch as he comes downfield. He's going to make another guy miss, cutting back across the field, ragdolls him, and then a fourth defender makes him miss as he spins off of him. And luckily, this big hog molly of a defensive lineman was hustling down the field, kind of looked like Devontae Wyatt, which I'm excited to see more of that this year. Not on a big play down the field, but just the way he hustles. That's what it reminded me of. Look how many defenders it took to get Jaden Reed down, guys. Fearless eyes out of the catch, makes four defenders miss on a sideline back shoulder throw. Somehow he ends up in the middle of the field making four defenders miss. Ten yards of what we call creative yak. After he catches the ball, he creates 10 yards after the catch, making four defenders miss. You can't coach that. That's natural right there, boys. Creative yards after the catch. That's uh, that's exciting stuff there. So, again, he was in the slot right. 
Uh, both Jaden Reed and the quarterback Reed press man. They run a choice route, back shoulder throw, patient while the ball is in the air, fearless eyes out of the catch, makes four defenders miss, 10 yards of yak after contact. Pretty pretty freaking cool. All right, we're going to wrap it up with something a little special here. This is just three 50-50 balls, okay? We're not going to say the personnel. I'm not going to bore you with all the information leading up to the catches. But uh, this first play, you're, if you can see this screen right now on YouTube and Twitter, you're getting excited because this looks like Lambeau Field, don't it? It looks like there's about three inches of snow on the ground. They've had to wipe all the lines off. You know how hard it is to catch a football running full speed at, at the college level, the NFL level, whatever. Once you reach the college level, man, I mean, it, you're it, it's, it's hard enough, right? Catching a football full speed with defenders draped off of you, bracket coverage, are you going to get your head taken off? Are you going to slip on the turf? Because, you, you know, whatever, whatever excuse might come in your mind. And then to do it in freaking blizzard conditions, right? Watch this 50-50 ball. You're going to see Jaden up top. And, again, this is the fourth quarter, guys. They're up 23-20. to 20. This is a fourth and 15 play, and they, they're going to say, the hell with it, we're just going to chuck it up to Jaden Reed. Quarterback launches it. Look at this 50-50 ball catch. For those of you on the pod, the ball is in the air. Jaden boxes out the defender beautifully, got his eyes on the ball the entire time. The defender is completely turned around. And then when he recovers, he is just going straight after the ball to bat it down. And look at the strong hands that Jaden shows. Comes down with the catch. Ball game over. 5-10 left, and you just put the dagger in the freaking heart of Penn State right there. A 7-4 Penn State team, too. Again, look at this angle again right here. Look at this catch. I mean, you can't, as a defender, you can't play it any better. He literally is using the sideline as an extra defender. He's got him completely, you know, kind of kind of roped off there. And look at Jaden hand fighting, hand fighting. Late hands, strong hands. With number three, even him trying to punch the ball out and doing a pretty good job of it, Jaden still comes down with the catch. And that's how the game ends. Look at this angle right here. Tell me you can't see this at Lambeau Field this year. Look at this grab. Look how strong his hands are. Look at the concentration. Like you could tell his eyes are on – Every square inch of that football. The defender could not have played it any freaking better. And Jaden comes away with a grab. Pretty cool. Again, we've shown you everything, guys. These are 50-50 balls now. Now we're getting into the situation where, hey, our back's against the wall. Think player, not play. Let's just chuck it up. Go make a play for us. And he's able to do it. But I was told Jaden Reed is small and can't do this, right? This Again, this is the 2021 tape. Let's see another 50-50 ball here, all right? So, you're going to see him at the top of the screen, same exact thing. This time it's a third and nine. It's a, you know, zero to zero early in the game, 13-17 left in the first quarter, third and nine play. Let's just chuck it up. We're out of field goal range right now. My, no, you're, you're right within field goal range, but why not take a shot? As soon as the ball is snapped, the quarterback's going to look at the safety. You see the late rotation. As soon as this guy takes, you know, as soon as the, uh, I guess it would technically be the strong safety or would it be the free? That would be the strong. No, no, no. That's the free. The free safety is just going to cheat right to the middle, right? As soon as he takes those two steps, Jaden's gone. Look at him at the top of the screen. For those of you on the pod, from right to left, I mean, he the defender plays him pretty well, too. This is number 12 pit. This ain't no pushover. This is an 11-2 team against a 10-2 Michigan State team, right? This is two teams that are still you know, trying to battle their way into that top, uh, top spot to, uh, to compete in the playoffs. But look at Jaden beat him on the outside. Late hands. This is a 50-50 ball. 
you, you're not going to find a better man coverage position right there than number 25 has. And look at Jaden's late hands. Great hands catch. Diving end zone touchdown. Again, this dude, he can do it all at the college level. I got to keep throwing that caveat in there at the college level. Let's see if he can do it on Sundays. But again, another 50-50 ball, man. Third and nine, need a play. Think player not play. Jaden Reed there to bring it down. I like the little Michael Jackson leg kick at the end, too. Look at that. You kidding me? Throwing it out. I guess that's what that was. Might be a Fortnite dance. The kids right now are going, this knucklehead doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. All right. Next ball, another 50-50. Or actually, it's the same play. It's a different angle. This is from behind. Again, quarterback with a pretty ball. But look at these lay hands. Concentration. He puts it right by the defender's ear hole. And Jaden brings it in, man. Just a phenomenal catch. Again, another angle. Look at this. It's actually a one-handed catch. The concentration he has with a defender in his face is uh, pretty remarkable too, man. That's that's another thing that really, really sticks out to you. All right, next 50-50 ball. Look at this one. Tell me this don't look like Romeo Dobbs against the Patriots when Aaron threw the back shoulder throw to him. You think they're going to use that this year? For those of you on the pod, isolation up top, man coverage. Literally, the, the defender's got his back to the ball. He's reading Jaden the whole way. Jaden just jumps over top of him. Perfect hands catch. He kind of traps it against his body. But, again, he's kind of got the ball and the defender pinned against his chest, and Jaden just brings it in. And, and, you know, again, it comes down to balance and body control. But look how comfortable he looks on the ride down. It's almost like he's staring at the defender. And when he gets up, look, he knows right there is what you're looking for. Look at that. You kidding me? He's, I mean, literally, as he gets off the field, he's staring at number 12 like, what just happened to you, dog? <laughs> and look at that QB right there. That's going to be Jordan Love and Jaden Reed this year. I love it, dude. I can't wait. I can't freaking wait. I'll tell you something else you're looking for, too, right here. Look at that. That must be number 12's girl. She is, well, crap. Jaden Reed again. That's the look you want right there. <laughs> That's the same look I get when I've had too many beers on a Saturday afternoon and Mandy comes home right there. Same exact look. <laughs> and what's crazy, too, is you see her on the backside. I think it's worth mentioning. The defender got called for pass interference, too. So he interfered. As I said, he got kind of tied up with Jaden. Jaden caught the ball through him. The defender didn't look for the ball, so it was technically pass interference. And Jaden didn't matter. Jaden still brought the catch in. Look, you can see it right here. Look, he makes contact with his chest as Jaden's going up. He hooks him around the waist, sticks his helmet in his belly before the ball gets there, and Jaden still brings it down. Jaden Reed's going to be a dog. If you don't believe me, ask her. All right? <laughs> so, anyway, if y'all can find her, that would be hilarious. Say, so, yeah, you. Uh, it's kind of like back in the day, you know, uh, watching uh, watching basketball when I grew up. Back when basketball was basketball and not people, you know, trying to make it in acting, pretending like somebody fouled them. But that's a topic for another pod. Um, yeah, right there. She she got posterized, no doubt about it. <laughs> that's what we need, Justin. Justin, if you're watching this, our graphics guy, we need a Packers total access graphic of that right there. That reaction of Jaden Reed going up and mossing a pit defender while the pit defender is creating pass interference. Got to love it. All right, we're going to get you guys out of here. Sorry we went a little bit long. That was a lot of fun, though. Again, we just wanted to uh, to kind of show you guys some Jaden Reed footage, and uh, and we're going to wrap that up. I'm going to try to get into some Tucker craft. I would really like to dive into that tape. I'm hoping we find enough time to do that. We'll just kind of see how everything goes and um, and see if we can uh, 
make that happen. But really appreciate everybody on YouTube and Twitter for checking us out. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe uh, there to the YouTube channel. That really helps us out. We're starting to get a little more notice. We're going to be doing more of this. I've been getting great feedback. There's a lot of Packer fans that want this type of content, and I know I enjoy doing it because every time I do it, I learn something else. Understand, guys, this is the way I'm interpreting it. It doesn't mean it's 100% accurate, and if you've got a, a differing opinion, hit us up in the comments. We'd love to hear it. I'd love the opportunity to learn something off this as well. So we're going to get out of here. We really appreciate everybody's time. If you're listening to this on the podcast, it'll probably be dropping on Sunday, I would imagine. Either Sunday, we may put it out Monday because we're going to be doing a Packers Total Access Live here tonight on Saturday night. And uh, or if everything goes right, we got a special treat for you guys. We're going to have uh, Pack Daddy himself, Mr. Ryan Schlipp. We're going to have Jacob from Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We may very well have Mr. Matt Ramage live from Lambeau Field chiming in. Uh, we're just going to have some fun, talk a little Packer ball. And we'd love for you guys to be a part of it. So hopefully you guys can tune in for that. We're going to get out of here. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. ...to restart the game. And this one carrying into the end zone about four yards deep. Here comes Dixon to the five. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole hard. He's to the 25, 30. Breaks into the clear. Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races. It's Secretary of Belmont. Down the split in time. No one will catch him. It's a touchdown. My goodness. Came into the game. Wayne punched the ball with a groin injury. Didn't practice all week. But he just took it right off the gut through the heart of the Minnesota Viking coverage unit.